As a small boy, first, second grade, I played t-ball. And as you're learning to play baseball, there's one fundamental aspect of the game. Keep your eyes on the ball. So whether you're batting or fielding, you gotta keep your eyes on the ball. Imagine a first grader out in the outfield, looking at planes overhead or a bird or looking at an anthill, and all of a sudden the ball's coming and you're not awake. You gotta keep your eyes on the ball. As we begin this season of Advent, this is the call to be vigilant and awake and to keep our eyes on Jesus. Did you ever notice in our mural, all the saints are looking at Jesus. They have their eyes on Jesus. We sing out in that song today, Lord, let us turn to you and keep our eyes on you and we shall be saved. So in preparation for Advent, I read the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And here's the basic premise of the book. The devil wants to hurry us, distract us, make our lives chaotic so that we lose sight of Jesus. Corey Ten Bloom put it this way. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Both sin and busyness have the same exact effect. They cut off your connection with God to other people and even your own soul. So how does the devil work? Well, the devil doesn't show up in our life as a demon with a little pitchfork. No, much more subtle temptations like keeping our phone on during prayer and all of a sudden I get a notification while I'm praying and I'm distracted. Or binging on Netflix. John Comer in his book, he said, well, there's some people that watch an entire 12-part season in 24 hours. Or a constant dopamine rush from scrolling on our social media. Or another soccer game on Sunday. Or commitment after commitment that leads us to losing sight of Jesus. We're living in what we call the burnout society. It's hard to remain sane in the age of iPhones and Wi-Fi and feeling like we have to be constantly accessible. And if I don't respond to a text message in 30 seconds, this could destroy a friendship. 24-hour news cycle, nonstop noise, to the point that we almost feel like guilty when we have leisure time. What do we say when most people say, how are you doing? We say, oh, I'm so busy. When the Archbishop calls me, the first thing he always says, are you busy right now? I don't want to say, oh, well, Archbishop, I have my feet up. I've delegated most of my work to my associates. I usually say something like, oh, Archbishop, I'm terribly busy, but I always have time for you. You know, we almost feel guilty if we're not busy because we're looking for our validation and our productivity and busyness. But this hurried life, leads us to feeling irritable, hypersensitive, restless, workaholics, emotionally numb, out-of-order priorities, lack of care for our bodies, escapist behaviors like drinking, slippage in our spiritual disciplines, and ultimately isolation. Can you, do you ever think about, okay, what is the number one value in the kingdom of God? When we think about the life of Jesus, what's number one? But the number one value is love. And hurriedness 
and love are incompatible. Think about when we're in a frenzy, like when we're running late and when we're hurried. Well, we start to see people as obstacles, as interruptions to my plans. You're slowing me down. You're in my way. And we start feeling this frustration rising in our life, like we're oozing anger, short-tempered. All of this is the antithesis of love. Do you ever notice in the life of Jesus, he was never hurried. He had a very clear sense of his mission. He was on a journey to Jerusalem where he was going to sacrifice his life for the salvation of the world, and yet he was never in a hurry. He stopped along the way. He healed the woman with hemorrhages. He went out of his way to Jairus' house to raise Jairus' daughter back to life. He always made time for people. Love is painfully time-consuming. Pope Francis has been calling us to accompany people. Well, to accompany somebody takes time. Love is time-consuming. Okay, what are the remedies that John Mark Comer offers to slow down and to keep our focus, our eyes on the Lord? He offers four. Silence, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing down. Silence, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing down. First, silence. Mother Teresa said, in the silence of our heart, God speaks. In Advent, carve out daily time of silence. I've repeatedly encouraged us to take 20 minutes a day to read scripture. We're giving away for Advent the Word Among Us. It has the daily readings for Advent. Take time to enter into silence and ponder God's Word. Remember, read, reflect, make a resolution. Allow God to speak to you in the silence. Second, Sabbath. Remember, Jesus said, man is not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath is made for man. The Sabbath day is a gift to us from God. It's a blessing because God knows we need this day of rest to turn our gaze to him, to worship him, and to, and to make time for family. This is one of the commandments to keep holy the Lord's day, and this is why Mother Church has always said, okay, it's a serious obligation to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days, otherwise we lose sight of Jesus. We forget the meaning and purpose of our lives. This Advent, live this Sabbath, this day of rest. Make time for your family on Sunday. Third, simplify. Deacon Dana Nehrmeyer is Director of Evangelization and Youth Ministry for our diocese. He's always saying, we've got to help parents take back control of their lives. Why is my child in three different sports? And I'm running around with my head ch chopped off like a chicken. We've got to take back control of our lives. We've got to pray about our commitments. My spiritual director always says, well, have you prayed about that? Is that what God really wants you to do? Because the reality is, at times, we have to say no to a lot of good things because we've said yes to something greater. Simplify. Here's an easy Advent way we can simplify our homes. Clean out your closet for Advent. We have a clothing bin right outside the school. Finally, slow down. Here's a little quiz for your life to see how hurried you are. Okay, are you always looking out 
for the shortest checkout line. When you're driving, are you constantly changing lanes to get in the fastest lane? As you approach a stoplight, are you jockeying for the shortest line? Guilty as charged, okay? Advent is a penitential season. Here are some ideas to practice penance for Advent. Advent driving. Try not to change lanes as you're driving. I'm going to try this. I'm hoping I make it a day. Okay. Eat slower. My mom would be very happy. She's always telling Dad and I, you eat too fast. Slow down. Maybe cook instead of taking something out. Bake cookies. Christmas cookies with your children. Take a walk. Do things to slow down the pace of your life so that you can be recollected and focus on Jesus. You know, being a penitential season, I also want to just mention, I always think it's good in Advent to give something up. Give up candy until Christmas. Don't eat all the Christmas goodies over the next three weeks. And then make a good confession. We start our communal penance services tonight. And throughout Johnson County this week, there's going to be opportunities to repent. Ultimately, sin is to take our eyes off Jesus and place them on creatures. What do I need to repent from in my own life? John Mark Comer said in his book, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. Stay awake. Keep your eyes on the ball. Spiritually, in Advent, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's going to be the source of peace in our life and the, the way that we truly prepare for the coming of the Lord.